here's a message from Ken Lavica. The man arrived in Green Bay yesterday and he faced throngs of reporters. The man being Aaron Rodgers. And boy, did he have a lot of pent-up things to say. But was all of that really necessary? Coquel hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Not entirely unpredictably, Aaron Rodgers had a lot to get off his chest yesterday. The man's been vacationing in Hawaii. The man's been doing whatever the hell he pleases. And he has come to Green Bay looking for vengeance. That was something yesterday. Ken LeVick alive featuring Coquel here on this Wednesday. Nope, not Wednesday, Thursday. Boy, this week is taking forever. On ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app, and on your smart speaker. And a John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, Phillips Point Towers, downtown West Palm Beach, off of the increasingly uncomfortable and humid Intracoastal. Well, Coquel, it has happened. The man finally arrived to Palm Fronds in celebration in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Aaron Rodgers is back with his team. And I know yesterday... Uh, that we said that we may have heard the last of the soap opera that has been sweeping the nation. We may have seen the series finale. But actually, yesterday was sort of like that that actual final episode like they have at the Real Housewives of Orange County, uh, Real Housewives of New York. Not like I actually watched that, but where they sit down with Andy Cohen and they go back and forth and they snipe at one another. That's what this was. This was the season-ending special of... The biggest soap opera in the country. As the cheese turns. This portion brought to you today by FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. And by Lawler and Associates Personal Injury Attorneys. Aaron Rodgers at the podium yesterday, and I suppose, Coquel, let's just go cut by cut here, what we have, because this will certainly give the gist of what Aaron Rodgers had to say. He came in, guns a-blazing. He was not happy, uh, happy, and he was going to take it to the Packers' front office. And something that stood out to you right away when we were listening to this, as soon as it started right after the show, Coquel, you were like, oh my God, that guy sort of took a, took a shot at Green Bay. Uh, he took a shot, and he made sure to tell the fans, I love you, but he took a shot at Green Bay. This is what Aaron Rodgers, in the first three minutes, had to say in his media availability yesterday. Aaron? Part in oh, hey, Aaron. was wanting to be a part of conversations involving free agents, uh, which has never happened in my career. I've trained with a number of NFL guys most of my career in the off-seasons. My agency at the first has had a number of high draft picks over the years. I've tried to pass along information. Hasn't really been uh, used, shall we say. So I wanted to offer my services as a recruiter. 
and I think we can all understand, you know, Green Bay isn't a huge vacation destination. People are coming here to play with me, oh. play with our team, and, and knowing that they can win a championship here. And the fact that I haven't been used in those discussions was one I wanted to change moving forward. And I felt like based on my years, uh, the way I can still play, that that should be a natural part of the conversation. As that progressed from that point, nothing really changed on that front. Man, Green Bay, not exactly a vacation destination. People are coming here to play with me. Aaron Rodgers bringing the confidence. Then Aaron talked about, because he feels like he's earned the right, he talked about what his role should be within the organization. A lot of things have transpired. This wasn't a draft day thing. This was started with a conversation in February that the season ended. And I just expressed, you know, my desire to be more involved in conversations that directly affected my job. So uh, he says, hey, they need to come to me. They need to talk to me. I've earned that right. I'm Aaron Rodgers. But he also, Coquel, came with receipts. You can tell he's been seething about this, not recently, but for quite some time, because he went back four, five, six years and mentioned specific players who the Packers let go or jettisoned or cut and mentioned how that made him upset. I wanted to help the organization maybe learn from them some of the mistakes in the past, in my opinion, about the way that some of the uh, outgoing veterans were treated and just the fact that we didn't retain uh, a number of players that I felt like were core players to our foundation, our locker room, high-character guys. I'm talking about Charles Woodson, Jordy Nelson, Julius Peppers, Clay Matthews, Randall Cobb, James Jones, John Kuhn, Brett Good, T.J. Lang, Brian Balaga, Casey Hayward, Micah Hyde, guys who were Good exceptional Lord. players for us, but great locker room guys, high-character guys, many of them who weren't offered a contract at all or were extremely low-balled or were, you know, maybe in my opinion, not... Uh, given the respect on the way out that guys of their status and stature and high character deserve. Man, I mean, he went through 15 guys there, including Charles Woodson. You want to know how long Aaron Rodgers has been hanging on to this disdain for the Packers front office, no matter who's in charge? Charles Woodson, the first name he mentioned, last played for the Packers in 2012. I mean, that is resentment. That is long-term, I-can't-let-go-of-this resentment. And then another key thing that Aaron Rodgers discussed is that, no, it's not about the money. And the Packers tried to throw money at me, and it's not about the money. Post the draft, I think what basically happened was then they said, we'll give you some money now. Let's see if we can throw some money at you. I said from the start it wasn't about the money. Um, Obviously, I didn't show up for the off-season program or minicamp. To me, it was bigger than this. It was about... Uh, trying to be a resource for the organization that I care about and love so much. So that backs up all the reporting of Adam Schefter that a contract was offered, a restructuring was offered, money was offered, and Aaron Rodgers said, nope, I'll pass. I want to be listened to. I want to be loved. I want to be communicated with. Aaron Rodgers yesterday took a blowtorch in plain sight to the Packers' front office. A, Green Bay... It's not a vacation destination. Players are coming to play with me. Two, I'm significant enough. I'm the face of this organization. The organization should be coming to me to communicate decisions they're going to make. 
Three, here's a list of 15 players that the team got rid of that I'm angry about. And four, it's not about the money. It's about showing respect to me, Aaron Rodgers. That was all out in the open yesterday. And Coquel, from a sports radio standpoint, we love it. We eat that up. And the one clip I'm mad I did not get is he goes, and I heard it this morning, that's why I missed it, but he goes, I love the fans, I love the, well, I love the team. He stopped himself from saying yeah. organization and made sure. And the way he did it, everybody's like, oh, he caught himself? No, no, That no. was scripted to yeah. start, say, organization, and then switch it to That team. was performance art. That was Aaron Rodgers' performance art. So bless him for the honesty, bless him for the frankness, but if I'm the Packers, I'm not all that pleased about that. And I can't remember another NFL player, a quarterback especially, the face of a franchise who has torched his team quite like Aaron Rodgers did yesterday. Tom Brady would have never done that with the Patriots. Tom Brady would never do that with the Buccaneers. Brett Favre never did that with the Packers, stood at a podium and ripped apart the organization. Joe Montana, Steve Young, you name the quarterback, they never would have done that. That was a first in NFL history, what Aaron Rodgers did yesterday. So I ask you, what did you make of Aaron Rodgers' airing of grievances yesterday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. How would you describe Aaron Rodgers' airing of grievances yesterday? Was it awesome? Was it true? Was it inappropriate? Was it a lack of leadership? Because this could go either way. Well, I love the fact that Aaron Rodgers spoke his mind and got that off his chest and was honest about it and addressed reports. I'm not quite sure that that was for the greater good of a team that he's still in charge of and for a team that's going to have massive expectations on it this year, including him, the pressure on him for what is likely going to be his final year in Green Bay. That's not the way to kick off your farewell. That's not a way to go into your final season where you've ripped apart the organization and now you've put that much more pressure on yourself like Aaron Rodgers did. What did you make? How do you describe Aaron Rodgers' airing of grievances yesterday? That was a plot twist in As the Cheese Turns. I didn't see coming. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Because Coquel, I knew he would be honest. I knew that he would give his impressions of the last several months. But him coming with a list of players that got let go that he was upset about, didn't see that coming. Him with the performance art. I love the fans. I love the... Oh, I love the team. You're right. That was on purpose. I didn't see that coming. Uh, him saying Green Bay's not exactly a vacation destination. Players are coming to play with me. That insults the fans. That's the one that really hurt. And you know what? Actually, he insulted ownership. Oh, yeah. Because that's the owners of that the Packers. That is the ownership that's of the, the ownership. He took shots directly at the ownership. It's like, your small town, cold area is nowhere. No one wants to be here. I want to be clear about something. I appreciate Aaron Rodgers, the player, and I like Aaron Rodgers, the I'm going to give my opinion, here's how I feel. But from a pure business standpoint, from a football standpoint, do you know how much pressure he has put on himself, how much additional pressure he's put on himself now for a guy that has only, after all of this, won a single Super Bowl, one championship, a guy who, yes, came back last year 
and won the MVP and did so in a dominant manner, but a guy that is really, in the grand scheme of things, lacking the ultimate resume of what you're looking for in the all-time great quarterbacks. He will be considered a great quarterback, but he's not in the same discussion as a Tom Brady. He's still not in the same discussion as a Peyton Manning, and that was a bit arrogant at times yesterday. That was almost a bit unbecoming in its arrogance at times yesterday. Yeah, it was not a good look. If I'm an opposing GM, if I'm – it's not John Elway anymore. If I'm the Broncos GM – But I, you know that he's still got to say And things. I need a quarterback. I'm calling them in Green Bay and like, man, he did you wrong. You really want him on your roster? I have two number ones. You can get yep. rid of him right now. But, you know what I mean? And you can take Drew Locke and have him and Jordan Love compete. Now you have two maybe starting quarterbacks. One of them will work out. Yeah. Send him here. Get rid of that headache. If he's doing this opening day, what do you think he's going to do after a week three loss? What happens if this season torpedoes for the Packers? What happens if this is a mediocre season, if they struggle? God forbid they don't get into the playoffs. Is that kind of stuff that we saw yesterday with Aaron Rodgers going to surface in season during weekly media availabilities? during post-game press conferences because that opened the door for potential ugliness. The Packers, by basically begging Aaron Rodgers to come back instead of dealing him this offseason, which is what he wanted, instead of them getting the value, instead of them trusting in the first-round quarterback that they took two seasons ago, this is what they've opened themselves up for. And he, you know he's going to take advantage of that, right? Like, this could get extremely ugly if things don't go the way they think it's going to go. And Aaron Rodgers wanting Randall Cobb as one of the concessions? Trust me when I tell you, Randall Cobb is not going to be the reason or a reason that the Packers end up having a good season, okay? It felt like Rodgers just picked a random friend that he played with and was like, I bet you I can get you on this team. And they were like, all right, 20, yeah. 20 bucks is you can't get me there. Oh, I got you. Watch this. And then he got Randall Cobb. It almost seemed like a bet and a joke getting Randall it was almost Cobb there. A, it was just a power move. It was yeah. Aaron Rodgers saying, hey, Randall, check this out. I've got him in my pocket. Trade for Randall Cobb. He should just start picking random players throughout the league to trade for, like backup guards. and Just just, just, just watch just, this. Just guys that yeah. are just like guys all with the same name. Go collect them and just pick different different guys he wants to go after. What is Randall Cobb going to bring to you that any other veteran right. wide receiver isn't can give you? And this is what is also going to be detrimental to the Packers, too, is they've got a wide receiver who wants to be paid top wide receiver money. And when Aaron Rodgers is stepping to the podium yesterday and saying, they let go of this guy, bad idea. This guy, bad idea. This guy, bad idea. This guy from 2012, bad idea. That's not putting the Packers in a good spot no. with Devontae Adams. It almost feels like, like for me, it almost feels like life would have been easier and things would have been better for the organization if you take a couple of years of struggling instead of kowtowing to Aaron Rodgers, who now, by him saying all these things as well, that lends you to think that this is definitely the last year and the Packers won't have a damn bit of leverage when it comes time to make a move. In a previous life, you were a Bulls guy, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So. I mean, what is this? What is him and Adams, Adams post on Instagram at the same yeah. exact time this randomly? Is, this is last dance. Fighting with the GM, uh-huh. bashing him in public. That's all this is. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, and you know it's personal with him and the GM. Because remember, the GM and the president of the team, they were out talking bad. They were public about Aaron Rodgers during it all while he was quiet. Now he's like, oh, you want to air stuff? I'm going to air every yep. single player that I didn't like. 
and he's not done. What's going to happen when LaFleur has another play call that he doesn't like? He's going to rip him, too. Right. It's going to be a terrible season for Green Bay. How how does that translate to the Rodgers-LaFleur relationship? Because they can say all they want, that, hey, things are good. But that season ended on a bad decision from LaFleur, something that Aaron Rodgers openly questioned after that game. So how is that going to go if Aaron Rodgers starts questioning play calls and starts questioning game plans? What's a word you would use to describe Aaron Rodgers' airing of grievances yesterday? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And at ESPN West Palm on Twitter, let's go to Twitter. Matt Gray tweets, as a through-and-through Packers fan, it was fine, but the airing of those he felt were wronged was really soft on Rodgers' part. Most were released as the Packers were coming off of back-to-back crappy seasons and injuries played a part, so it was time to assess the talent and decisions were made. Like, that's fair. You really think soft, though, is a weird word for that, but you you have to bring the quarterback in the room. You do. You have to bring your star guy for in the, the room. For the coons? Like, uh, 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 if you know their buddies, if their lockers are next to each other, they're golfing buddies, they're hanging out to them, whatever you can do in Green Bay. Doesn't Wait. sound like much, according to Aaron Rodgers. You got, there are certain guys you've got to protect because it's the star players do. Maybe this is just me, a complete lack of understanding what happens in a locker room. But if you're the Packers' front office, just because your quarterback is friendly with someone, is friendly with a fullback, you can't release that fullback without Aaron Rodgers knowing about it. Like, do what you, are the savings? I, I can't imagine a fullback's contract is that much of a savings that you're really – is it worth upsetting your star? you got to weigh those things. Like, it, but but at what point do you cut that off? Where Aaron Rodgers doesn't need to know about absolutely everything. A guy who's <laughs> won a championship, oh championship. Do you know when you cut that off? When, when you leaves. trade him to the Broncos, <laughs> like that's when you cut it off. I just don't know. Like, do you think that Bill Belichick keyed in Tom Brady on everything, or really anything that they were yes. doing? Yes, I think a lot more than people think. How often? How often do you think that happened, though? Because it seems like Aaron Rodgers, based on that list of players, would like every move explained to him. And I can assure you that Bill Belichick did not convey every move to Tom Brady. Bruce Arians isn't conveying every move to Tom Brady. No, but Brady and Rodgers are cut from very different cloths, though. Like, you have to know who your player is. I don't think, though, there's... Rodgers is a weird dude. But there's no other... This is my point, though. There's no other quarterback, I think, in this league that's cut from the same cloth as Aaron Rodgers. I can't think of another NFL quarterback that would be so needy about that like Aaron Rodgers is. Like I, I've been supportive of Aaron Rodgers because, yeah, like the biggest moves, I get it. Like I want a heads up. I want a heads up. I wanted a heads up when you were going to draft Jordan Love, calling me beforehand as opposed to after the fact. But I didn't know this span to... Charles Woodson, 2012. I didn't know that this spanned to John Kuhn. That's not, and again, I don't think that is so much of a, he was as hurt as he portrayed there as that's, hey, GM, I'm going to dog you out here, and I'm going to let other mm. future free agents know there's no reason to be here once I'm gone. That's basically what he said. He put it out there to the whole entire league. Green Bay's not a vacation spot, so unless you're getting the top dollar, there's no reason yeah. to be here after I leave. He undercut the Packers at every turn yesterday. The two of them are gone. They're gone. They don't care what happens to Jordan Love. They don't care what happens to the organization. They're done. And his performance yesterday, I really, if I'm all the other GMs in the league, almost all of them, Paul, I'm kicking the tires. Yeah. 
Just, you have just to. to see. Because again, the leverage is gone. I'm there there should not be a single team that offers up multiple first rounders for Aaron Rodgers. Like I would this shouldn't. year, next year. This I would. year, yeah. But like if I can get him right now, I would. And the Packers better damn well hope that Aaron Rodgers performs and that they have a winning season. Or this is going to go down as one of the biggest blunders in Packers history. A proud franchise. A franchise that really put the NFL on the map or played a big part in that. And because they have basically made every concession possible to get Aaron Rodgers back for one season, he threw that door open yesterday and said, this is my house. I am the Packers, not the organization, not Gutekunst. I am the Packers. That's what he said yesterday. How would you describe Aaron Rodgers' airing of grievances? 888-760-3776. Ken, your name is the prominent one. Your head is bigger on mm-hmm. the show, Tyler. Mm-hmm. I mean, you clearly have power. You made them shrink my head smaller than yours somehow, <laughs> uh-huh. which I didn't even know was possible, even on computers. <laughs> like That's an amazing feat you had. You have power. Can you call HBO? Do you have any pull there? No. Can you get Hard Knocks to Green Bay? Like, yeah, it's great. Johnny oh Dixon's wire alum is going to be on Hard Knocks with the Cowboys. But can we just move it over to Green Bay, please? Please, can we send him up to Wisconsin? I please? don't want to see a single second of Jerry Jones' Botoxed, expressionless face. I don't care about that in Hard Knocks. I don't care. You're right. It should be the Packers because you know Aaron Rodgers would play that. Up I mean, too. right now they're filming Dak Prescott not throwing because now his arms hurt now that mm-hmm. his legs are fixed. No, no uh, 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 that's a HIPAA. That's a HIPAA question. That's a HIPAA question. <laughs> I don't think people understand that, by the way. No, that's Dak like, Prescott definitely does. Oh, you're talking about the joke. The HIPAA part. I'm saying, oh, yeah. no, I don't think people understand like that whole thing. No. But Dak Prescott not throwing, like, I mean, let's get just, just send the cameras to Green go Bay. Back. Even if you did like the yeah. pre, you already did the B-roll and you have all that. I don't care. The whole open can be all Cowboys and then it just magically Rodgers yep. shows up in those glasses. And the Packers took a risk not deal. I, I now think the, the Packers took a major risk not dealing Aaron Rodgers this offseason because his value could diminish. And that, what you saw yesterday, is what you're getting all season long there in Green Bay. I mean, could you imagine being a fan of a team and you're having issues with your quarterback before the season even starts? I mean, passive-aggressive issues. Oh, wait. What you just said, having an issue with your quarterback before the season starts, that reminds me of something. Hmm. I think we might get to that. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets. What is that? Are you kidding me? When we come back. Hold on. Really, dude? I'm out. I'm not doing the show. The production I'm, I'm done. Staff. I'm done. This, that take it up, staff. Take it up with the production staff. As an educator of the last dozen years or so, that lowbrow stuff, that's not for me. Can we, can we hear that one more time, no. in fact? No. Can, can we hear that one more time? Go to commercial. We're done. When we come back, the New York Jets still don't have a quarterback. They may have drafted one. They still don't have a quarterback. But the Dolphins, their best player, he's not practicing. And, oh, yeah, the Buffalo Bills – gave an anti-vaccination PSA off of their social media account yesterday, courtesy of Cole Beasley. The AFC East is a disaster. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken LaVica and Chris Coquel. You want to know how the New England Patriots 
spent 20 years on the top of the AFC East. In the last 30 hours, all of that has been realized, okay? It's not just Tom Brady. It's a variety of other things. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. The AFC East is flat out a wreck. It's just embarrassing. Ken Levick AFC Alive. AFC least, am I right? Yeah, yeah, you It rhymes with East. It actually has oh, East in the word. That's what this show brings to the table. We're humorous. Pay me the big bucks. That's right. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. You can subscribe to the podcast, by the way. Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to it. Get it right to your phone. Get it right to your tablet. Get it into your life every day. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel Podcast. Right after the show, I apologize. Yesterday was like 6 o'clock. That was on me, Sorry. podcast listeners, but you're going to get it today by 1.15 because Joe Rigotti's going to come in and put it up for us. All right, Joe Rigotti. Ken Levick Alive presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Dr. Jim Reardon, he's the man in charge. He makes sure that things run smoothly. He makes sure that the dynasty continues. 22 years of doing it at the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, being able to send students into the sports industry in a variety of jobs, a variety of roles, realizing dreams, spring semester courses, sign up for them now on campus or remote. That is fau.edu slash MBA sport, the FAU MBA sport management program. So as we sit here on this Thursday, uh, do you want to get into your training camp mode, Cocal? Because I know that you can't properly talk football until you get uh, some NFL films music coursing through your veins. And by the way, we're going to have Evan Cohen, commercial free 5 o'clock here on ESPN 106 every day. He'll be, um, he'll be on the show later to talk about the NBA draft, which is on ESPN 106.3 later today. Uh, but we decided to go someone who knew uh, what the hell they were talking about. We did that for you. So that'll be later. Okay, Cocal's ready to go. So, on this Thursday, Xavier Howard, he of the I Want to Be Traded uh, camp with the Dolphins, he left practice with what's being called a, quote, minor injury today. Mm. A minor injury walked off. He has since returned to the field but is not participating. Mm. Xavier Howard, the Dolphins' arguable, uh, arguable best player, who, again, wants a restructured contract. The Dolphins have not engaged in any sort of conversation, serious conversation with him or his people, and he has demanded a trade. Minor injury. And now, if I'm Xavier Howard Coquel, and this is what I believe will happen, unless he's 10,000% physically or has been given more money by the Dolphins or has been traded, I don't think he should step on a practice field again at all. And he's, I don't think it's going to happen. This is deliberate. He's holding in. That's the new thing in the NFL. Because he guys, showed up to the first day. Guys don't want to be fined $50,000 a day, and that's what it is now. And it used to be you could say to me, hey, Coquel, but they always were fined. No, teams used to be able to then cover that money and bring it back. They're not allowed to do that anymore. Now that would be a salary cap violation. So when players are fined $50,000 a day, the teams are not allowed to let the players recoup that. So you're going to see more and more players now show up to camp and then get hurt Air quotes don't work great on the radio, but I still did it anyway. They're going to get hurt, and they're going to hold in. So what he's doing is he he's doing his holdout for his contract or to be traded now. He's just doing it in camp. And then there's the NFL's most vocal anti-COVID vaccination voice, Cole Beasley. 
of the Buffalo Bills, who yesterday said, quote, when dealing with a player's health and safety, there should be complete transparency regarding information that's vital in the decision-making process. Without having all the proper information, a player can feel misguided and unsure about a very personal choice. It makes a player feel unprotected and gives concerns about future topics regarding health and our ability to make educated decisions. End quote. All of that in reference to the COVID-19 vaccine. Cool! What hasn't been transparent about this all you have to do is google covid19 vaccination stats and realize that 98 percent of people in this country are in the hospital because they're unvaccinated that's as transparent as it needs to be but go take your supplements by all means cole beasley or have your teammates go and take their cortisone shot by all means cole beasley but i want transparency on a vaccine that is proven to work now 10 months in okay cole and then the worst part about all that is cole beasley is having his press conference with his mask worn incorrectly yesterday and it's put out there for the world to see with no corrections complete misinformation through the buffalo bills social media channels like, I don't want to work, guys. I don't want to get too political with this vaccine thing, but I love that I have the vaccine, Ken, that I've been vaccinated because not only like if I catch COVID, which I still can, I most likely won't get sick that sick. I most likely won't go in the hospital. Plus, if I get lost driving because I'm getting older, my wife can use my microchip they put in me to find me. So it just works out on all levels. There's benefits all around. And then you go to New York. And that's where we find... The New York Jets still don't have their rookie quarterback in camp. There are now 18 practices left to go in training camp, and the number two overall pick is not in camp. Zach Wilson is somehow, someway, in the modern-day NFL where there's a rookie wage scale Still not signed by the New York Jets. And Coquel is bashing his skull into his microphone right now. There's not a single quarterback in the NFL that was drafted this year that is not in camp and hasn't participated in full to this point. Except the blonde bomber himself, Zach Wilson. What are the Jets doing, Coquel? And he's got all the leverage in the world because I know he's an FIU South Florida guy, but James Morgan is the guy getting all the snaps right now. James Morgan and Mike White, who took the first snap of training camp yesterday, those are your Jets quarterbacks. Over offset language. Man. Offset language. And anyway, if you don't know what offset language is, it just means if you get cut, you can't double dip. The Jets don't want him to be able to double dip, whereas he would get the Jets money, and if he signs with a new team... He would get that money on top of it rather than the Jets not having to pay the difference. Like, that's all this is. How is this possible? But here's the thing. Can I defend the Jets for a second on it? Oh, please do. Because only two teams, it's the Rams and one other team, they're the only teams that don't have the offset language in their contracts. That's it out of the whole league. So the rest of the league, all it does what the Jets are doing. Zach Wilson just thinks he has the Jets by the you-know-whats and doesn't need to go in. Number one has been slotted. They got their he signed Trevor Lawrence. Number three has signed. Like the contract is done. You're you fall in between those two. That's the only thing it could be is the offset language, or when you get your signing bonus, which means Zach Wilson could want it within the first thirty days as opposed to paid out throughout the year. Man, like that's it. 
That's the only difference. And he has missed two days of practice as a rookie. He realizes that the job most likely is his. But what if he doesn't get to training camp in the next week or so? You're, the New York Jets are going to have Florida International's James Morgan potentially as their starting quarterback. I don't know. Blake Bortles just got cut. So come on, Blakey. Come to oh. New York. Oh, I want boy. everybody to know. I want everybody to know that at 1234 p.m. <laughs> on July 29th, 2021, Coquel just advocated for the New York Jets to go sign Blake Bortles as their starting quarterback in 2021. You have a rough football life, man, and I feel for you so badly. No mistake, Blake. That's what they call him because he's going to come in and he's going to play perfect in the Nobody system. Nobody calls him no mistake, Blake. You just made that up. That's not a real thing. Has he ever thrown it into something? <laughs> come on. I haven't seen it. What you have seen this training camp, and it's been two days. Well, what you've seen it. in this training camp over two days is the reason why the Patriots dominated the AFC East for 20 years. If Zach Wilson, say he doesn't even sign until Thursday. Say he signs Thursday and is in camp. He'll have missed three practices. They have other workouts, but they only have 30 scheduled real practices. That means a rookie with no experience, never played against anyone besides at the Boca Raton Bowl, which was a great job by him. Mm-hmm. 10% of his practices he's going to miss. Gone. 10%. You know how many snaps that is? You know how much that helps in development to go through a practice and then be able to go watch it on film? Yeah, it's great. You can watch someone else throw, but when you make the mistake and then you can go back and watch it, then correct it and watch it again, three days of that, that's such a huge trunk, chunk of camp. I hate him. Trade him for Rodgers. Zach Wilson still not in Jets camp over offset language. They should cut him. Cut him. Don't even sign him. Never sign him. I hate Zach Wilson and his mom, too. Who's had the most embarrassing AFC East training camp to this point? Who's had the most destructive AFC East training camp to this point? And I can't believe it, but we can legitimately ask this question two days in. Is it the Bills, the Jets, or the Dolphins? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Or tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. Because you have the Dolphins, their best player is holding in now a quote-unquote minor injury today. Mm. And you can say au revoir to him. You won't see him on the practice field the rest of training camp. You have the Bills, who are now a walking, talking anti-vaccination campaign, thanks to Cole Beasley. And in the modern-day NFL, with a rookie Wade scale, the prized Jets number two overall pick, their quarterback Zach Wilson, is in a contract dispute. Good lord, man. I mean, come on. This is making Cam Newton versus Mac Jones look like child's play. Although I think Cam Newton's nickname for Mac Jones, Mac and Cheese, is worse than all of it, so they're the worst. That's his nickname? For- That's what he calls him. He calls, in every interview, he calls him Mac and Cheese. I think it's the worst thing possible. Man, your standards. I'm just so mad. Zach, yeah, trust me when I tell you the worst thing. Pick, Justin yeah. Fields was just asking to be drafted. Only the Jets. Only the Jets. Oh, all year. Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. No, let's take this scrawny little punk out of BYU, and now he's going to hold out because his uncle owns airlines and can just charter flights for <laughs> Jets fans because they have money and he doesn't even care. You're already rich, Zach Wilson. Sign the damn deal. Who's already had the most embarrassing and destructive training camp for the AFC East? The Dolphins, Bills, or Jets? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. I also encourage you to just call and laugh at Coquel. You don't even have to say oh. anything. Just laugh at Coquel. And in fact, Coquel, I think that we should do the chant. One more time. Yeah!
That about sums it up. He's Coquel. I'm Ken the Vicar, and I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken LaVica live. Call the show now at 888-760-3776. Here's Ken and Coquel. About to get into some Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, red light, green light. Here on Ken LaVica live featuring Coquel, Evan Cohen, we're here today, commercial free, 5 o'clock here on ESPN 106.3 and also on, on NBA Radio Sirius XM. He's going to give us a little bit of a preview of tonight's NBA draft coverage begins 7 o'clock here on ESPN 106.3. But before red light, green light, Coquel, give me the training camp music again. Give me the training camp music again. I need it. That was really good. Now the music. I want you to listen to this, and I want you to listen good. Multiple reports from Dolphins training camp. Oh! Tua Tungavailoa. <laughs> Four goal line touchdown passes today. And for the second straight day, a 60-yard touchdown throw to Port St. Lucie's Albert Wilson. Ken, here we come! Two is coming, baby. All he needed was that South Florida speed that Albert's bringing back to the fence. Jalen Waddle also helping. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Tua, baby. The Tua truck is coming through. You might as well get out of the way. I probably could have gone to a train there, but I went to a truck. Throwing against the defense that doesn't have Xavier Howard also helps, too. <laughs> That's a great point. Stop taking away my Tua shine. All right, let's do some uh, Greenway Kia. West Palm Beach, red light, green light. And just so you know, Ken, for future shows, because our audience is part of our show, the sound all comes out of the same spot. So let me transition before you call for it while that music is still playing. Thank you. Time for Ken and Coquel to decide if they want to stop or go. Red light, stop. Green light, go. Red light, stop. Green light, go. Red stop, green go, red light, green light, now you know. Red light, green light is driven by Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Alrighty, Coquel, as you traditionally do, please give us the rules of Greenway Kia West Palm Beach red light, green light. Red means stop. Yep. Green means go. Perfect. We stole, buy, and sell, so don't you know. <laughs> that was actually really impressive. I didn't think you had that in you. Number one, Coquel. All right, Kenny. Speaking of Zach Wilson and the Jets, Zach Wilson will be the Jets' week one starter. Mm, uh, green light. Green light, but he better get his ass into training camp at some point. I still can't get over the fact that there's a holdout. How? How are you holding out with your quarterback who's on a rookie wage scale? Only This is legitimately, and we can make a joke about it all the time, only the Jets, only the Jets. Like, this is only the Jets. I can't remember another team that has, in this modern era of the NFL, held out with their rookie quarterback. James Morgan, who FAU beat the hell out of over and over and over again when he was at FIU. Go Owls. Uh, Mike White, who FAU beat when he was the quarterback of Western Kentucky. By the way, your two quarterbacks right now 
Conference USA quarterbacks, Coquel. That's what you have in your quarterback stable. And now you're pining for Blake Bortles. Your team is a disaster. And you can still call in and laugh at Coquel at 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Just based on those names, Zach Wilson will, whenever he gets into camp, be the starter. I may call Jamie in Sherwood. Or text you to him a text because he's at Jets camp. Hey, Jensen can you Beat throw product. a football, Jamie? No, I'm going to ask him to go all IK on him on uh, Wilson like like Geno Smith. Just walk into the locker room, punch him in the jaw. Like that's the only answer I have right now. That will be helpful. Like, the, you know, the Jets are good at that. Have a linebacker come in and punch your quarterback, and then we're good. Because that's where I'm at right now with this kid. There's no I am way. So mad. Do you think Zach Wilson's ever gotten in a fight? Do you think he's ever taken a punch? No. He calls his mommy to come save him every time there's an. I'm worried about a pass rush coming and him running off the field like, Mom, they're being mean again. I can't wait until you are singing his praises once he signs, but you're just absolutely killing him right now. Can I go back to the Boca Bowl and have Zach Wilson throwing the ball all around? Because that's the Zach Wilson I want, not this Zach Wilson. Number two. In. That was your chance to do the Pokemon read. That is on our schedule there, Kenny. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> December 18th. So, can I go back to the Pokeball that Zach Wilson played in that I randomly threw into the show? December 18th. What? FAU Stadium. Speaking of the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, 11 a.m. at FAU Stadium. It is the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. We're going to have brunch and ball. That's what we're doing. 11 a.m. December 18th, RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. For tickets and ways to get involved, all you have to do is go to RoofClaimBocaRatonBowl.com. That's RoofClaimBocaRatonBowl.com. We're good at radio. Number two. After reports of Tua throwing four goal line touchdown passes yeah. today in camp. Yeah. To a tongue of Viola. I didn't say that right. We'll be a Pro Bowl QB this year. Oh, boy. I mean, I hope so. I'll give it a red light because, again, he's only played nine games in his career. And you left out the fact that he's hit Albert Wilson back-to-back days with a long touchdown. So let's not undercut the Tua truck, okay? Uh, but I do think... Tua truck? He will I mean, be. that's not no mistake, Blake. Let's go Jets. <laughs> no mistake, Blake. Is significantly better than Tua truck, and I hate that. Uh, but... I do think he could be in a Pro Bowl conversation. Jalen Waddle apparently in the opening two days, and uh, there's nothing worse than training camp updates. How do I know? Because I used to be that guy at Dolphins training camp doing that. However, Jalen Waddle, all indications are he's just next level speed. It's just different. It looks different. And that's with Albert Wilson on the field, and Jalen Waddle stands out. So, no, Tua won't be a Pro Bowler, but will he be in the discussion? Sure, but I'm going to give Pro Bowler a red light. Boynton Beach and Papado's own Lamar Jackson and his Ravens will make it to the AFC Championship. Uh, that's so hard. Red light, because you still have the Chiefs. I, I, I can't count against the Chiefs. I'm not willing to do it. And you hope Lamar Jackson's okay with his uh, COVID positive test. But yeah, I can't, I can't in good faith say that they're better than the Chiefs. I'm going to give that a red light. USA Olympic gymnast. Suni Lee is the GOAT. Well, that's a red light because the GOAT is Simone Biles. But I mean, is it though? How about this though? We've talked the last couple of days about Simone Biles, whether or not she failed in the team all-around competition, her mental health issues, what happened to her in Tokyo, and then another American on that same team goes and wins gold at the gymnastics all-around, the individual all-around, and it may end up being the GOAT, and have the uh, torch passed from her 
from Simone Biles to Suni Lee. That was awesome. And the U.S. dominating in the pool now. Katie Ledecky almost made up like a two-length deficit in the uh, the four by two hundred. Uh, yeah, the four by two hundred. That was awesome. Like I'm into the Olympics now. Let's go. I'm into it. Simone Biles, way to coach up Suni Lee. That's how you do it. Gold medal, Olympic champion, USA. When we return, Evan Cohen. You hear him every day, 5 o'clock commercial free here on ESPN 106.3. He also works a lot on NBA radio on Sirius XM. A little bit of a look at the NBA draft tonight. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. Just a couple of moments, we'll talk with Evan Cohen. Again, you'll hear him later today, 5 o'clock, commercial free on ESPN 106.3, but does a lot with NBA Radio Sirius XM. So we decided to go with someone who actually knows what they're talking about, the NBA draft, instead of listening to myself and Coquel just blather on about it. And uh, again, a reminder, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, next week, we got some surprises for you. I'm taking a brief vacation. Coquel's going to be in, but we got some surprises along the way. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And then we're dead set into football, baby. We are on our way. We are taxiing, and we're about to take off into the football season. But let's chat a little bit. We were able to catch up with Evan. NBA draft is tonight here on ESPN 106.3. Coverage begins at 7 o'clock. And Coquel and I, and this is this is full honesty, we don't, we don't really know a damn thing about the NBA draft. I know the Heat don't have a first-round pick for the 13th consecutive year, and they'll never have another one in our lifetime. Uh, so we decided to bring on someone who knows a little bit more about what he's talking about. You hear him commercial-free, 5 o'clock every day here on ESPN 106.3. You hear him on NBA Radio, Sirius XM. Uh, Evan Cohen with us. Evan, we, we don't know anything. And so we're like, we need someone with a brain on this entire thing. So I suppose let's just start with this. What are you looking for? What draws you into this draft tonight since the Heat are a non-presence? Well, can I already argue with you, Ken? What? On something? You say the Heat don't have a first-round pick for the last 8,000th year in a row. What are Precious Achua, Bam Adebayo, and Tyler Hero? Just so <laughs> okay, I understand. Fine, fine. What are they exactly? They, they, they in general, you're right. The Heat are not a draft team. They're a free agency, trade, and develop team, right? Like, yeah. I think you would probably put draft fourth, right? The random that we've never heard of that, like, like from parts unknown, like, wrestler style, right? That's one of the things that they do. Like, they find those guys, they trade for guys, and they sign guys, right? Yeah. So I'm in agreement with you that drafting is not necessarily the priority, but aren't we actually in the exact opposite of what you're saying in the last yeah. five years? Aren't we in an, actually a great heat run of first-round pick? Yeah, I need Precious to actually get himself into the rotation and Bam to be to show up in the playoffs outside of a bubble for me to be like, oh, that was that, that's a first-round pick right there, okay? Like, is that too much to ask? Bam is the second best player in a finals team, and you're questioning if he's good enough to be a first-round pick? I mean, he's I'm, on the Olympic team right I'm now. I'm still a little shook by what he did against the Bucs. All right. Like, I'm not saying you're wrong, but you're saying he's not a first-round pick? Prove it. Prove it to me. Okay? Prove, Prove it to me, Bam. Prove it to me. Oh, All my right? God. That block was All two right. years ago. I live in the present. What are you looking forward to tonight? Wow. 
You are so angry. That block was two years ago. I live in the present. What do you do for me now? Put that on Twitter, at ESPN West Palm. At KLV1063 on Bam Adebayo. That block was two years ago. What can you do for me now? Oh, my God. Jeez. All right. There are actually legit reasons to be excited about the draft tonight. I will give you three or four of them right now. Okay, let's start with this. Uh, and I'm not going to act like you guys, like I've seen all these guys play. Yeah, yeah. But the experts who have seen them and scout them say that there are four guys in this year's draft that in other years, theoretically, could be a number one overall pick. Cade Cunningham is going to be number one, I would assume, Oklahoma State mm-hmm. going to the Pistons. Jalen Green was a guy who was at in high school and then went to the G League, the minor league, so he can get paid uh, legally at the time to get ready for the NBA. He probably will go number two overall to the Rockets. He's a guard. Evan Mobley, who is a uh, four or five people, or power forward center. People compare him to Chris Bosh, former Heat legend, of course, Hall of Famer in his ability. He is a big guy. He's out of USC. He's probably going to go number three to Cleveland. And then number four, maybe the most recognizable name, Jalen Suggs. Uh, Gonzaga hits a half-court shot in the final four. I think this guy is criminally underrated right now. He just has that it factor to me. I think he has a chance to change franchise, a franchise, not just the team, like the way in which, like like Steph Curry, I'm not saying it would be as good, but like, when Steph Curry arrived with the Warriors, everything changed. When Dwayne Wade arrived with the Heat, everything changed. Like, one of those kinds of guys, maybe not to that level of basketball. That's reason number one to get excited. Reason number two, You have a team that arguably could win a championship next year with two lottery picks as of now. The Golden State Warriors have 7 and 14. That's odd, right? Like, think about if the Chiefs had a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, that's kind of unprecedented. Right, exactly. So that'd be, or no, I'm sorry, two top 10 picks in the NFL draft. Two top 10, 15. That is beyond unprecedented. And from a local perspective, I mean, Scotty Barnes is a guy that went to Cardinal Newman and is potentially going to be a top five pick in the draft, potentially to Orlando at number five, so he could stay in state, Florida State standout. So there's three kind of juicy reasons, I think, at least as of this moment, that you can be excited about the draft tonight. Cardinal Newman is like the basketball capital of the state of Florida. It's really ridiculous how that's turned out uh, between Scotty Barnes and then John Collins with the Atlanta Hawks. Evan Cohen, commercial free 5 o'clock here on ESPN 106.3 and again, uh, NBA Radio, Sirius XM. Uh, l- let's get right to Wait, the- can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. you know more about high school than I do, and uh-huh. obviously we both know more than Coquel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Cardinal Newman, basketball school or football school? Oh, man. Uh, I do know that Jack Daniels regularly listens to this show, so I got to be careful here. Also, they yeah, just... But he, but he also started now, so like <laughs> he's not responsible for anything previously. They've also changed coaches in basketball recently, and now they brought in Jack in football. They're a football school going forward. I think they're still a football school. Not what school. I asked. Uh, oh, man. that's uh, I guess from what they put out there... Jacoby Ford. Careful. Careful with all the names that have played there. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Ryan Burke, Matt Burke. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, think about John Collins, you John, just mentioned. Yeah. Scotty Barnes, Jackie Manuel. John Collins, John Collins is getting into the territory of most successful professional athlete alum in the history of Cardinal Newman, right? Or is he already there? What? I mean, no, Brooks Kepka would be that, wouldn't he, Ken? I, I guess. But that's you a guess? different... That, I, I mean, I, he's such a happy-go-lucky, pleasant guy. I mean, come on. <laughs> but that's also a different conversation. You're talking individual sport, and you're talking a guy in no, the you NBA. you just changed. You can't move the goalposts. You just said the most successful Cardinal Newman athletic alum. I said Brooks Kepka. You then changed the conversation to individual sports. So then re-ask the question, Kenny. Uh, is... 
You asked the original question, though. What question I asked? You you said it. You brought up a good topic, right? Sorry. I know that doesn't normally happen between 12 and 1 because you're producerless (laughs) on this show. But, I mean, my God. I'm just saying, Cardinal Newman is is a major power when it comes to the versatility of sports. John Collins is going to be maxed out this summer. Yeah. And I think that supersedes the Brooks Kepka three-time major winner. Like, I do. I do. Like, Uh, him being— Yeah, I don't. You don't think so at all? No. Again, just like Bam Adebayo. When's the last time Brooks oh, won a major? Here we go. Show me something in the go. present. What have you done for me lately, Brooks? Come on, God. man. Wow. Oh, they Canada, stepped on my Ken foot. had a good show yesterday, Woo, that doesn't matter to Ken. It's mm. all about today. That's Tom, right. Ken Levicka and Tom Brady. What's the best ring? The next one. Yeah. There's Ken Levicka for you. You got to put your successes in the past and leave them there, okay? And, uh, oh, I was coming up 18 and they stepped on my foot. Brooks, no one wants to hear that, okay? All right. And this thing with, with, with Bryson DeChambeau, like, let's fight it out on the course, all right? Uh, so, anyways... Uh, <laughs> You've got uh, the, the the heat tonight. Obviously, not picking anything, but it, what what could happen? Like, there's a consensus that Colin Sexton could, in the next couple of days, be a part of some sort of deal. What are the odds that the Heat maybe are somehow, some way, able to get in on something like that? Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be in on a lot of things. I, I I happen to like Colin Sexton dating back to his college days at Alabama um, because there was a game. Coquel can look this up, but there was a game that I want to say they played where they only had three guys on the court. That guys were hurt, I know, yeah. suspended, and kicked out. Yeah. And he was so unbelievable in that that I, like, I was like, wow, this guy just has that it factor. Alabama, Alabama versus Minnesota. Yeah, so there you go. So anyway, so like I started liking him then, but like then he's kind of fallen out of favor, yet he averaged 24 points a game. I, I don't know what's going to happen with the Heat. I do know that they are definitely going to do something because I don't think of that they believe right now that they are title contenders without something happening. Mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry seems like the logical one. I've heard some rumors that Reggie Jackson, formerly of the Clippers, has kind of been running around town a little bit and that maybe he could be coming to the Heat at some point. There's been some talk about that. He's not like the game changer that you would want, necessarily want him to be. I, I just think that the names that we want, Dame Lillard, Bradley Beal, Ken, I think it's going to be really hard because my question to you in return is how? I know. How do you go about getting... Like, go, let's go back to the Warriors for a second. The Warriors could present seven, 14, James Wiseman, who was the second pick in the draft night last year, and the, the filler guy, and I'm doing the air quotes, is Andrew Wiggins at $31 million to make the money work, but he was a former number one overall pick in the draft, and he's still in his yeah. 20s. The Heat, I, I just like, don't see Like, how can the Heat compare to that if they're I not... Know. Well, I mean, you would want them to trade Bam, but, it, yeah. you know, the idea of, of Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero... It, I think Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, in my opinion, by way of trade, have more value to the Heat than they do to other teams. It's not that Duncan Robinson huh. wouldn't help another team. Of yeah. course he would. But Duncan, to me, is once you've already got your three stars... Adding him, it's not one. He's not one of your right. Stars. Right. No, that's a good point. The, 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 you're the, right. It is. I, <laughs> I, I agree with you. Good. You're really living in the present. You're doing a good job right now. Thank I, you, appreciate Ken. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, Coquel wants can we to talk, talk about the Knicks. I know. <laughs> Come on, please. Can we talk Knicks? No. What are they going to do? Bones Highland? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll pass. <laughs> uh, oh, do I have to? A pass yes. on the Knicks. Yes, you're on this no, show now. Okay. The Knicks will no, probably I mean, pass they, on their pick anyway. It doesn't matter. No, I mean, like, who cares? They're not a championship contender. What I would do if I'm the Knicks, and I, I will say this, I would act as if I'm not close. You know why? Because I'm not close. So what I would do if I'm them is I would, trade, I would trade Julius Randle. Sell high. Do not sign him to a contract extension. Guys, works his ass off. He's a great player. But Julius Randle 
right now has the highest value uh, he'll ever have as an NBA player. Do not do anything but sell high. They're not close. Now we're talking. So if you, if you continue to act like you're not close, you're actually going to get closer, as odd as that sounds. Go ahead. Trade Julius Randle for you know lottery picks, plural. Get a younger player return. I'm just telling you that I think that the Knicks' best move is to act like they're not close because I don't believe they are. Ooh, that is bold. Four seed. What are we doing here? Love Come that. on, I love that. They're right. They're right. They're in the mix. You should. I, I mean, he is. He is crushed right now. I mean, Coquel is legitimately crushed right now because he's been living in a delusion for the what, last is a four mirror months. In front of him, <laughs> oh. uh, uh, Evan Cohen. That's again. how I get my most upset. I'm like, oh god, can we can we take these mirrors down? Who needs to see themselves if they look like me? Oh god, NBA Radio Sirius XM. Uh, so uh, we needed. To yeah, I also host here at ESPN West Palm. <laughs> But what I'm six? What I'm trying I mean, to say? My God, it's only been 18 years. I can't even get a mention. <laughs> uh, I need you to put this performance. This was good. I need you to put this behind you before you get to five o'clock, though. Okay. Don't live in the past. Don't try and rebound off way, of what Ken, you did here. Yeah. I'm gonna have more Knicks garbage because I got Goldhaber coming in. Dr. Neil oh, Goldhaber. Goldhaber sign is he's coming in to co-host for a little bit uh, during the show today. They're all he's over. Also the place. a Knicks fan. Yeah, they're it's all terrible. over. What now? What's gonna happen though if uh, if he asks you about what the Knicks are gonna do? Are you gonna poo-poo him like Same you did Kokel? Yeah. Awesome. Oh yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Good. You don't come into my house and not get treated my way. <laughs> not, not That's in my, my house. house. <laughs> That's the house that. Evco Bills. Yes. Evan Cohen, again, 5 o'clock, commercial-free here on ESPN 106.3, NBA Radio Series XM. Thank you, Evan. Appreciate it, man. You're welcome. Oh, that was fun, wasn't it? We're done. We're really late, and we're done. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be live on ESPN 106.3. Bye-bye. J-E-T-S.